0: Welcome to the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast, a series of conversations designed to equip you, our listener, with the helpful insights necessary to simplify the critical decision points of life. I'm Josh Clues, a wealth advisor with Carson Wealth here in the Woodlands, Texas. I believe my calling in this life is to enable others to fulfill their own calling by helping them harness their financial wealth to their purpose in life. Please join me each week for market thoughts, planning ideas, and most importantly, intangible balance sheet discussions which highlight the importance of all those things money can't buy and death can't take away. Investment advisory services offered through CWM, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Hello and welcome in again to the Wisdom of Wealth podcast. I'm Josh Clues, the Senior Wealth Planner for Carson Wealth here in the Woodlands, Texas. Last time we met... Um, I talked through stock option plans and um, some of the questions around stock options, and specifically the centralization and the risk involved, and that sometimes you know people take on when they have uh, centralized centralized positions when they're within their stock option plans. And it occurs to me that there's there's one other way in which sometimes people take um, a little bit more risk than they necessarily might be thinking, or Um, another way that um, over-centralization of one position inside of a plan um, can creep up on you. And that specifically is uh, company stock within your 401k. Um, And sometimes those stock plans can, um, and stock purchase plans uh, can be in private companies as well. Typically we see them in uh, publicly traded companies. And people hang on to um, those positions because of the hope of tax savings through net unrealized appreciation. And so today, today I'm going to walk through um, what net unrealized appreciation is, um, where I think it fits sometimes and where I think it sometimes doesn't, um, and uh, hopefully you know, answer a few of your questions along the way. But I'm going to go ahead and share a brief presentation um, that we can walk through uh, while we are in the process. So from the outset, there can be many things that um, come your way and vie for your attention. And sometimes I think we're looking for complexity um, rather than simplicity. And so it, this uh, picture, I think, encapsulates all the different things that can be running our direction and vying for our attention and um, at, at any given time. But specifically, net unrealized appreciation, um, or NUA as it's called, is nothing more than just a tax-advantaged way to get funds outside of your 401k, typically, uh, or your employee-sponsored plan. And typically, you're going to be purchasing, purchasing those assets over time, and in be, the best-case scenarios, you're purchasing them, them at a low rate or a low cost, um, and then they accumulate over time. And this program simply allows you to pay capital capital gains rates on the increase of those and um, regular income tax on the basis. And we'll get into this in a little bit more detail here in a second. So if you were to leave, you know, say you've bought $100 or, or you bought one share of stock inside your 401k plan and you were to leave that company stock inside your 401k plan and just for hypothetical purposes when you got ready to retire and you pulled that stock out you would be paying a you know a capital gains rate of or rather a income tax rate of 35 percent for this hypothetical situation if you're in that income tax bracket um to give you an example of what that would look like in option two um Net unrealized appreciation allows you to pay your regular income tax rates or that thirty five percent on let's just say that you you took that uh, when you when you got that stock it had a basis of fifty dollars and then the additional fifty dollars of its now a hundred dollar stock price would be ca- would be taxed at a twenty percent capital gains rate rather than you know the the regular income tax rate. So obviously, you can see that there's you know a, a spread. Just if you're if you're doing math back in the napkin math, twenty seven and a half versus thirty five percent, that that's an attractive spread. And obviously, this uh, changes depending on what your tax rates are at the time. So where your income level is, but also what the tax brackets in that in the individual year are. Um, so again, this just gives you one idea of how this can work. Um, on just a small scale. Before we get too far down the road, I want to make sure that you understand that there are certain qualifications that you have to meet. So you have to have what's called a triggering event, whether it be reaching the age of 59 and a half, separation of service with your company, retirement, um, total disability or death. You have to make sure that the entire plan balance is distributed. So if there's $1 left inside your 401k plan or your retirement plan at the end of that year that you began that um, that transaction, you know, the, the whole net unrealized appreciation transaction is nullified. And furthermore, you have to move your company stock in kind. So what what I mean by that is you can't sell it, convert it to cash, and then roll it into another vehicle. Um, so in this instance, you would transfer the company stock from your 401k or your company plan in kind into you know a a taxable brokerage account um, and then you could sell that stock at that point in time but the transaction has to go from point a to point b still intact there are different rules for different companies as to how that happens so obviously if you're at a private company um, that can create an amount of complexity because private companies are private because they want to remain private. They don't want to have outside, you know, actors owning their shares. So they, they're they not on the public market for a reason. So most of those plans may have very strenuous stipulations as to how that transaction happens, which precludes uh, different um, owners of private company, privately held stock of a privately held company Outside of their their plan, so it can make it a little dicey, but the the big three that you have to meet are these these qualifications. So my parting thoughts here um, that I want people to keep in mind because I think it's easy to become uh, enamored with with this strategy is how does this fit in your overall financial plan do you have a financial plan or are you just keeping this stock inside of your 401k in hopes that it somehow this puzzle piece fits as part of your plan do you have everything in one holistic place where you can actually look at everything Try to gauge your tax rates as best they can, po- as you possibly can over the long term and see if this actually benefits you or, or helps you. This may seem obvious, this next piece, but is your company stock an attractive buy or are you paying multiples that make it less attractive? Are you hoping that it's going to appreciate uh, in the future? Um, is it a historically attractive buy? Are your price to earnings ratios in line? Um, with the rest of the market, so on and so forth. These are all questions that you need to be asking yourself before you make this decision. Um, and ultimately it comes down to, do you believe in the future of your company stock? Do you think that uh, where you are today is is an attractive place and where you're going is an attractive place? If not, this may not, way may not be you know, the, the best fit for you because you don't want to hold that company stock to take advantage of it. The next piece is risk. Uh, I always ask people, you know, hey, if you've held, what, what percentage of your total net worth is your total company stock? Because obviously, you know, your your income is already coming from your company. Um, and now all of a sudden we're putting a a percentage of our net worth or a higher percentage of our net worth in our company stock. How are you going to feel if, what, what percentage of your total net worth is your company stock? And then if that percentage were to take a 20% hit or a, a, you know, bear market correction, how are you going to feel? Um, what's that going to do for your, your psyche? And are you going to be able to feel good about that, that scenario? And if necessary, uh, ride that down position out until things level out. Um, I would never want a client or a prospective client to be in a situation where, uh, you know, the, the, the downturn cost more, cost them more than the potential tax savings that they were hoping to gain from holding the position. And then over the way, I, I took the haircut, and then I have to pay taxes as well again. Um, as you get closer and closer to your separation date, or your, you know, supposed retirement date, those are all things that need to be need to come into mind. Um, and whether you can live with those consequences or not, because, you know, it, it may sound simple, it may sound uh, pretty, pretty easy at a high level or an academic level. Uh, but it can be a little bit more complicated than that. The last piece that I want to make sure I push on is, is cash flow. Does your cash flow actually allow you to capitalize on the tax savings, um, at a high enough rate that NUA allows that it makes it worth it? um, you know where where is all your cash flow coming from in the year that you separate? Are you forced to recognize taxable pensions, restricted stock? Are there dividends from outside holdings that uh, inflate your uh, your tax rate and and put you in a different tax bracket that minimize the benefit of holding a centralized position, taking on more risk, and you're not even you know capturing the benefit that that you would hope to take uh, if if you have a a lower lifestyle need, sometimes that can, can play into it as well. So these are all questions that you need to take into consideration. And it's not something that you can just, you know, kind of do back of the napkin math on and and hope fits your plan. It takes some, some actual planning, um, and, and actually works someone that, that will actually work through that plan with you. So the, the biggest piece that, that I find, um, you know, is that you want to make sure that you understand the NUA requirements up front. The next piece that I'll, that you want to make sure is that you're not missing anything with your HR department. So that's one of the reasons why, you know, I want to make sure that I get on the phone with the HR department and ensure that there have been no changes to your specific situation or your level within the company that uh, change your situation um, and make it more unique than than I'm understanding at the moment we've already talked about kind of the guidance on whether it's a fit for your cash flow plan but the execution piece takes a takes a bit but also i think it's helpful to have a cpa actually working through this process with you uh as you're as you're walking through the plan and we at carson have cpas on staff that work with us both um on our planning desk and also uh with our sister um Tax planning firm. And and that alleviates a lot of those questions when you can have all those questions answered at the same table while you're walking through the the strategy. Um, Again, the more time that you have to plan for this type of a a strategy, the better. But make sure that it makes sense for your situation. Don't fall in love with um, complexity in these types of situations just because you've heard that someone else it worked for someone else's situation and and it saved them tax, you know, some, some of their tax bill. Don't go through the exercise just simply because you heard that it was good for someone else. Walk through the exercise because it's good for you. And that it's actually going to be, um, worth your time. If you have any questions about this, you can, um, reach, feel free to reach out to me directly on it. I'm happy to answer, hear more about your situation and answer any questions you may have. Thank you again for your time. I hope you're doing well. I look forward to talking with you in the future. And as always, we wish you and your family nothing but truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. Have a great day. Thank you again for joining us. We trust that this time has left you better equipped to steward both your wealth and your financial resources. May you and your family find truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. The opinions voiced in the wisdom and wealth podcast by Josh clues are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principle. No strategy assures success or protects against loss to determine what may be appropriate for you. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. guests on the Wisdom & Wealth podcast are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services are offered through CWM LLC an SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Please know that converting from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. A Roth IRA offers tax-free withdrawals on taxable contributions. To qualify for a tax-free and penalty-free withdrawal on earnings, a Roth IRA must be in place for at least five tax years. The distribution must take place after age 59 and a half or due to death, disability, or a first-time home purchase of up to $10,000 lifetime maximum. Depending on state law, Roth IRA distributions may be subject to state taxes. Our local address is 1780 Hughes Landing, Suite 570, Woodlands, Texas, 77380.